Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Morning, Russell. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that at the start of a new day, we are able to talk to you. And all throughout the day, we are able to commune with you. We are able to be with you. But you never leave us. You are always with us. Everywhere we go, in everything we do. And we want to acknowledge your presence, Father, in all of that we will do this day and through the rest of this week as well. At the start of it, every new project we start, every new challenge we face, and to give you glory for all the good things that we have currently experienced, all our successes, all the peace and the happiness in our home, our good health, our well-being, our protection, our safety. For all the love that people shower on us. When people value and respect us, Father, we thank you for your favor that rests upon our shoulder. And we thank you, Lord, that we are always at the front of your mind. That you never forget us. You have carved us on the palm of your hand. And you call each of us by name to come to you. To be with you. To receive from you. To drink from you and draw from you again. To draw wisdom. To draw understanding. To receive your will. To receive your message for us. And to partake of your presence. That presence that we can then carry within us as light within our temple. Father, we thank you for the peace that you share, your joy that you give each of us. That which only you can give and no one can take away. And we share it with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. With all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group, those that have no one to pray for them. With all those that are Christians but have not yet encountered you and all those that have willingly chosen darkness over your presence, Lord. We ask and we pray that they may be quickened. That all ignorance, that all falsehood that has been given to them, that every lie that has been told to them lay bare in your light as bright as noonday. That the truth, that they shall see the truth. And that truth shall give them direction in their life. It shall set them free. And as we make our prayer this morning, Father, we call on your name. The name of our maker, the name of our creator, the preserver of men, the one who is faithful. The Elohim Adonai. The one who makes a way for us in the midst of the wilderness. Where we do not see a way, where we have given up all hope. Where everything around us seems void and without form like the earth in Genesis 1. And we pray in the name of your son. The word himself. Who became flesh and dwelt amongst us and now within us. 
through the revelation poured into our hearts, through the wisdom and understanding being given by the Holy Spirit. The Lion of Judah himself, the Lord, our redemption, our rock, on which the foundation of our Christianity, our faith is to be built. He is the author and finisher of that faith. Our wonderful counselor, our advocate, who pleads for us, intercedes for us, advocates our cause at the right hand of the just judge, God the Father. He is the Prince of Peace that has brought peace into our lives. Because of his giving nature, he has become the everlasting father. The one that keeps on giving, even to the last drop of his blood. And he did not think twice. And we pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of life, the spirit of light. The one who quickens us. The one who brings the revelation from the heart of the father to us who reveals the deep and secret things hidden in the word. The father of all spirits, the scepter of the king of kings. We thank you, Father, that you leave no stone unturned in your coming towards us. You keep coming, you keep pouring everything until the day we have that change of heart and we'll come to ourselves and we say, I shall arise and go back to my father's house rather than live here a life of misery and hopelessness. We thank you, Father, that you have given us your angels and your destiny helpers who are ever willing and ready to help us when we need them. When we call on their service in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with family and with friends, with work colleagues, with people that love us and care about us, care enough to see happiness and peace in our lives, care enough to see success in all areas. And yet we take so much of it for granted. We ask for forgiveness, Lord. And we want to thank you for all those members of our family, for our friends, for every person around us, even in our community, that cares enough to see us progress. Even in the smallest way, Father, we thank you for all that grace. For it is your mercy that has brought them towards us. It is your favor that makes people speak over our lives and go out of their way to bless us. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with your word and with the gift of prayer. That we are able to use your principles, your promises, your prophecies. We are able to use that word. And your spirit hovers over every situation that we speak over. When we release our faith. We thank you, Father, that you keep giving of yourself. And all you want is for us to have that life of abundance. And for us to see and achieve dominion which was your plan for us when you created us. We thank you, Lord, that you have made us stewards of your creation. We thank you, Father, that we are protected from all kinds of attack this day. We thank you for the food on our table, for the roof over our head. We thank you, Father, 
that you are ever willing to forgive our sins every time we repent. We thank you for your everlasting love, Lord. That nothing, there is nothing that we can do to make that everlasting love change. That is who you are. And this morning as we pray, we reflect on sin. The cause of all sin. Sin has been a part of man's life since the days of Adam. But what is the real cause of all sin? All of it can be tracked down to one word. Today we reflect on this cause of sin. James 4 verse 17 says, Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Mark 7 verses 20 to 23 says, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, that is out of the heart of man. And before I say the long list that Mark has put down there, I'd like each of you to listen carefully to them. For out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Now, the common factor in all of them is self. And that is the real cause. When we place thoughts of ourselves above others and focus more on self, then sin is birthed in all of those thoughts. That's what happened to Satan too. He looked at self and pride came into him causing him to be kicked out of heaven. Now he has no mercy available to him. And man was put in direct competition with him when God created man. So he wants man to stoop down to that same fallen state, knowing well from his personal experience that God detests it. That is what he put into Cain's mind when Cain said, Am I my brother's keeper? The thought of self. Those were Cain's first words to God when he spoke to God. They were not words of praise or wisdom. They were words and thoughts of self. From Cain to Nimrod, to Nebuchadnezzar, to Hezekiah, to Herod and so on. They all, we've seen, they all focused on self. And if we go deeper into those, we look at the fact that each of them built cities, they built systems around themselves so that they become the focus of all attention there. And that is how Satan works. He wants to draw all men towards him. He got these as well, the pride-filled kings, to draw men towards them so that they could turn away from God. Now, self can only become important when we think from the flesh. 
man was designed to operate by and live in the spirit. And so work with discernment first and then reason and lastly emotions which comes from the soul. That is the overlap of our body and our mind. But being far from the spirit, we have learned to act only from the flesh, from the point of view of flesh. So we only respond to emotions first. There is no reasoning because that reasoning comes from the knowledge of the word. It is the word that is a double-edged sword. Where we see in Hebrews 4.12, it is able to pierce and divide truth from lie as well. That double-edged sword. Reasoning comes from there. Without that double-edged sword, we can't tell the difference. It will not pierce through. And we don't have discernment because discernment is from the spirit, which in most cases, where people are not born again, is hardly alive. Where people's knowledge is, knowledge is limited, is also very minimal. And so it is easy for Satan. He just needs to keep us engaged in the flesh. Never let us be alive so that we cannot transcend from emotions to reason to discernment. We stay in the flesh at emotions. And that way, he will never have to fight us. For two reasons. One, we are not spiritual. And two, when we act from the flesh, more often than not for reasons of the flesh and for self, we will fight each other rather than fight him. Because every other person would be seen to be in direct competition to self. And that is what is happening in our world today. We are only competing with each other. And as long as we compete with each other, Satan's job is done. It's not just easy. It's already done. He won't even have to fight the battle and still win. And yet, as humans, we fail to see it. As long as that's happened, Satan can be at ease. God's ways teach us to put others above self. And God before them. And we saw this on Friday's teaching as well referenced by Brother Vivek when he spoke of the acronym JOY. Jesus first, then others, and lastly you, self. But when you reverse it, you get sin. Jesus is now last in that list. And you think of others after you think of yourself. But that is not to help them. That is to either use them to fulfill your motives or to fight and compete against them. To have a sense of achievement when we defeat them, when we overcome others, when we conquer them. The opposite of joy Y-O-J-U first, then others, and last, Jesus. Now let's look at another verse, Galatians 5, verses 19 and 20, which says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, usually not on self. Anger as well as for others. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, 
envy, drunkenness and orgies, and things like these. Do you now see the opposite of joy here? Do you now see self being raised up first at the expense of others and far from Jesus and his teachings in all of these that have been listed here in Galatians 5, 19 and 20? The solution to it is one, repentance. Mistakes can happen, but repentance helps us come back. In fact, in our fallen state, Repentance is our strongest weapon against Satan. Repentance helps clean our account. And when we repent, God is quick to forgive and cast it all behind his back. He remembers it no more. The next second one is humility. And I find praise and worship is a powerful tool in humility. Because when we worship, we look to God and place him much higher than where we are. So when we lower ourselves there, we are being humble. And a good way to do that, good way to stay humble is to write down all the matters in your life that have led you to think of self before others. You write down and you list everything where you have thought of yourself first. All those matters that give you pride and everything that stirs up your ego, including negative things said about you and how you react to those. And now write down all the matters that have brought you recognition, that have brought you awards, that have brought you successes. Write down your ambitions as well, that you have been pursuing very hard. All the things that bring you success, your wallet, your qualification, your degree, your house, your cars, everything. And then lay that list down during worship and say to him, I cast all of these, my crowns, everything that I have attached myself to. I cast all of these, my crowns before you, like the 24 elders did, as revealed in the book of Revelations. They cast their crowns before God and then worshipped. They did not worship with that crown of pride and ego sitting on their head. Lay it down so each of these can bow down to him as well with you. None of these can then be your idols for idol worship. Number three, seek his face. Pray constantly. Prayer is the best way to break the distractions of the enemy by keeping us focused on Jesus. You do not focus on the storm around, you focus on him. You can do that through prayer. Those that can pray in tongues, that is the perfect tool to be used here. Number four, immerse yourself in the word. To find out more about what God's will and direction for us is. What is he teaching us? So that we can practice those principles and use them in our warfare against the snares of the enemy where he keeps pointing to self. 
Number five, practice giving. Give to others. God wants us to be a cheerful giver. Because a giver does not value self first. And God wants this so bad in us that he has even chosen to incentivize us for it, for being givers. He says, if you are a giver and you scatter your gifts to the poor, your righteousness will endure forever. See 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 to 10. We reflected on this the other day as well. See Luke 6, 38, where he says, give and it shall be given unto you. See Malachi 3, 10 and 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where he talks about tithing, giving for the purpose of the kingdom. Anything that will take your focus away from Jesus to self is the beginning of sin. And the best way to discern such opportunities in your own life, to think of self is to look at those lists that you have written down now. The list of all those things, your ambitions, your pride, your ego, all those things that brought you recognition. Look at those lists. And then you be aware of your behavior, you watch your own behavior. And if it seems to move in that direction, if it is too self-targeted there, if it is feeding anything that is written on that list, then you know your focus is going towards self. And as soon as you're able to pick that up, you move away from it. You renew your mind and you move away from it. If you detect it early, it is easier to resist the enemy. The longer it stays there, the deeper rooted it becomes. It becomes as a habit. And if unchecked or condoned, it can even become a stronghold. Most strongholds start as habits. And then it is hard to renew our mind. We need external intervention to break it. Let us become more self-aware. Observe our own behaviors and see what is the end target that we are focusing on when we do things in certain ways. Is it ultimately pointing to myself and self-gratification to satisfy my ego, to suit my pride? Then I need to take steps to turn away from that thing. To bring Jesus in between and pass all the glory to him. For despite all that glory, he will never be touched by that pride. But out of our human weakness, we are vulnerable. So we must make a constant effort to turn away from self. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray and I ask for your grace, Lord that this revelation is poured into our hearts, that we gain that discernment to observe our own behaviors at all times and to think before we respond on whether we are pointing towards self or whether we are pointing towards you. We ask for that growth, that renewal of mind in the spirit, Lord. 
We also pray for our physical and temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. For every request that has been mentioned on this group, we pray in a special way for all those that are battling sickness and disease, for all those that will go into surgery this day, that are hospitalized, those that are battling life-threatening circumstances. We cover them by your precious blood, Lord. We administer the gift of faith through the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that when they believe, everything is possible. We pray also for all families, especially the ones that are battling separation, that are battling any kind of force that seeks to keep them apart, including small misunderstandings. We ask you, and we invite you into their homes, Lord, and we ask you to take over. So that you, the God of love, can fill that home with your presence. We pray also for all those that are battling any kind of strongholds in their lives. That through that grace, Lord, your revelation is made known to them and they're able to see, scrutinize their own behavior and make changes by renewing their mind. In your name, Jesus, every chain that refuses to break there, we declare it broken in the authority of the King of Kings. We pray also for all those that are battling joblessness, that are battling financial challenges. For all those that are contemplating suicide, euthanasia or abortion as well. That your love wrap them and fill them, Lord. Fill their hearts. We pray for all those members of our family and our friend circle, our near and dear ones that have not yet been saved. That they receive their gift of salvation this day, Lord. Quicken them in the spirit and they shall call upon you. We pray for our own personal needs as well. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us and you receive these are prayer petitions that we raise, our prayer points that we raise through faith in our hearts. We now connect with you in our spirit to pray in the spirit, knowing that when this prayer is released from the spirit realm, that your Holy Spirit then moves. There is manifestation and there is transformation as well, Lord. Encourage all those that can pray in the spirit to please unmute and join in. Those that are praying for the gift of tongues to please release your tongue and release your faith. Start speaking a syllable and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shara 
Carion de la Rasila Rata Pradicate, Sheila Variada Rascala Randarasia Rasia Tarestoreja Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We say amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. We release our faith. Thank you for hearing us, Lord. The words that were spoken to me this morning, come back to me with all your heart. The scripture I was given is 1 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16. The unspiritual man does not receive the gifts of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and pray and to receive from you. We thank you for the grace that you pour on our lives this day, that you give us a new gift of discernment, that you give us that wisdom and understanding to evaluate all our actions in our words, in view of self on one end and you on the other end. To look at it, to have a renewal of mind, and to be transformed. Thank you, Jesus. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Rasul. God bless you. Thank you, Rasul. Thank you, Rasul. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jesus.